Welcome to Pour Out Ministries podcast. We are so thankful you're listening today. Our prayer for every single listener is that your heart would be awakened for more of Jesus, that the love of the Father would wash over you and the power of the Holy Spirit would burn in you. We love you and we believe you'll be blessed today as you listen to the Word of God. And the word that he kept putting on my heart and he kept showing me was the word treasure. And it became so crazy. Everything I read uh, had the word treasure. I would be in the word in a scripture on treasure. I would be reading a book and they're talking about treasure. Um, Songs on the radio about treasure. Movies about treasure. Just all of these things. And I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to share? What are you trying to show me um, through treasure? And I just began to look up scripture and if you have the bible app you know you can you know uh, highlight and save the scriptures so i begin to do that on treasure but still not really knowing why and i just you know wrote a few things down and kind of moved on and the months went on and i would for a few months it just became silent on treasure but knowing in the back of my mind you know lord i know you're 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 you started to speak to me on this um, and so it wasn't till recently that, you know, I feel like he really, there were a few, a few weeks that he was trying to deal with my heart on some things. And I felt like he asked me, he brought me to the scripture in Matthew thirteen forty four, and we're going to camp out here tonight. So if you want to just, I'll read other scripture, but if you just want to leave that scripture open, um, on in your Bible or on your phone, you can. But he led me to Matthew thirteen forty four. It said, "Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this: A person discovered that there was a was hidden treasure in a field. Upon upon uh, upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field." just so he could have the treasure. And when he brought me back to that the last few few weeks before Jared even asked me to share, and he asked me, he said, Kristen, will you buy the whole field? And I said, Lord, I've bought the whole field. Bought, we, we laid down jobs. We moved across the country. Isn't that buying the whole field? I mean, we, we, I read my word. I do this and that. And he said, well, you buy the whole field because if you read, it says that, you know, he discovered there was a field and he hit it again, which means he had obtained a certain degree of that treasure and he had to hide it again to buy the whole field. And I think he, and, and in my own life, he said, I think you still hold on to a little bit in your hand and I'm ready for you to, to buy the whole field, bury it again and buy the whole field. And so that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna talk about tonight. And um, I begin to think about treasure. And we probably all, maybe some of us, have treasure stories in our life. Maybe you found treasure. Um, maybe you've dreamed of finding treasure. <laughs> uh, but you know, we could all. Some of us could could probably think of a time when we were kids where we tried to dig up treasure. Or you know, I know adults who have found treasure, and it's been you know coins and. And I'll share, I have a story from a friend of mine who they called me one day and told me about some cool treasure. But we have all these, you know, 
um, probably stories about treasure. And, and I thought about just one recently. I was in the flower bed, and I was planting flowers. It was in the spring, which just a quick <laughs> hint of advice. <laughs> Don't buy a bunch of flowers. They Most of them die. <laughs> I learned that this year. I'm like, we're going to buy all because we hadn't have a flower bed you know in in a while when we we didn't have one in south carolina so i'm buying all of these flowers for our, you know the new house we bought last year here in central and it's going to be beautiful and i'm buying these flowers and in like two weeks i'm going outside and they're all dead so then i'm like well i gotta go buy more flowers so i'm out buying more flowers planting them and then um so i had my neighbor help me replant some and you know i know nothing about gardening or the tools you use. I'm out there using a broken thing Jared gave me, like whatever the digger thing is, the, the end's broken. So I just got the, the digger thing <laughs> trying to dig. And my neighbor's telling me, she's saying, your plants are probably dying because, you know, you got to make sure there's no underground root because they're going to choke them out, right? Is that right, Miss Jan? I feel like Miss Jan knows a little about planting. And so she's helping me, and as we're, like, right there trying to dig this new set of flowers, I, I feel something, like, hard under the ground. And she, and we're both like, what is this? And I'm like, maybe it's treasure. Like, what is this? This is why my plant isn't growing. There is something under this ground, treasure. And I'm, like, going there. I'm like, I'm thinking, we're about to pay this new house off. We're going to give this money away, all these things. So we keep, like, digging, and we finally <laughs> realize it was just extra concrete probably that they had extra when they built our house so they poured it around the flower bed <laughs> and so we're like dang but <laughs> so we didn't get millions that day but we have some extra concrete under the ground <laughs> but so the lord just began to speak this to me and you know show me that scripture and ask me that question and so um, I just began to really study it out, and even as I prepared for this for this message, the Lord just began began to do even more in my heart. And um, you know, the scholars believe that actually, you know, we think I read that, and when you know, for me, and it's always been, you know, we we buy, you know, Jesus is our treasure. The man buys the whole field. You know, we buy the whole field, we get Jesus. But scholars really believe that it's actually the opposite way. He bought the whole field on the cross, and we are his treasure. Um, but so, and, and previously, if you read in Matthew, he's given all of these parables, and he's saying, he even says that the field before that is the world. So that kind of shows us that, you know, we are we are his treasure and in first peter 2 9 it says but you are god's chosen treasure priests who are kings a spiritual nation set apart as god's devoted ones he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light how many of y'all are thankful that he called us out of darkness and now he claims you as his very own he did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. So we are his treasure. He, he bought the old, whole field for us. But, but tonight I'm talking to you about what, uh, he is our treasure. And I want to come at it as a point that he is our treasure. Um, So Jesus bought the whole field for us. So why shouldn't we buy the whole field for him? 
you know, people travel all around looking for treasure. Um, there's, that's actually probably like, is that a career? I would think some people have, you know, quit jobs. That is what they do. They probably, they, I know they travel all over the world looking for treasure, um, digging up treasure. And there was actually a story that I, I read and I came across and it was this older man who obviously he had a lot of money and it was in, uh, Tennessee, which was in an area in the Smoky Mountains, which that's me, one of me and Jared's favorite places. And he had this treasure and he, it actually said that he got this terminal illness and that he was going to die. So he was going to, he hid the treasure and his plans were to rebury, to not rebury, but to when he died to be buried by the treasure. I don't know why, but that was his plans, but he ended up living. And so he, um, he told people that there was treasure out there. And so I guess people were crazy enough to believe him. And they went for 10 years looking for this treasure. And it said in the article that, you know, people, they quit their jobs and they, they looked, there even at one point was a lawsuit against him because the treasure could not be found. Um, and finally, 10 years later, they find, someone found the treasure and it was, I think they said worth one to $5 million. Um, and, and so, you know, they, those people, they had to go, whoever found the treasure, what did they do? They had to go seek it out. And as children of God, yes, we, we all have our salvation stories where Christ, you know, for some of us, he came and in a moment and in our darkest hour, he came and he rescued us and he sought us out. But a lot of times we have to go and we have to go search for him. We have to to seek him. The Bible says that when you seek me, you will find me. And we have to go and discover that treasure. And um, I just thought that that, you know, that just represented of those those whoever it was who quit their jobs and sacrificed all, it's kind of like a picture for us. You know, will we, will we sacrifice it all to search for him, to seek him out? And like I was telling y'all, I mentioned a few minutes ago about um, a friend who they found treasure. She called me one day. It was a friend in South Carolina. And she, she, she had told me, actually, I don't think she called me. I went, brought the kids over to play, and she had told me um, they had bought this house that they were redoing, and it was a really old house. All the houses where we lived in Batesburg, Leesville, South Carolina, were very old. So mostly everybody who moved there purchased these old houses and redid them. So um, it wasn't probably a few, few months, and they found this it was this box of, and probably it was like hidden. I don't know if it, it wasn't a treasure box. It was probably like a fireproof box or whatever, you know, but they found this box and they opened it. And in the box were all these coins and they went and found out like how much the coins were worth. And it was worth like $35,000 and that, that they went and found. And I'm thinking, Lord, I wish that would, once again, I wish that would happen for us, Lord. And so I've always remembered that story. You know, even when I, the concrete under the house, I'm like, maybe this is a box with hidden coins or that are going to be worth so much money. 
And I'm like, Lord, why can't we all just find treasure like that and hidden coins in our houses? And maybe you can go home and kind of look. Who told me, was it, you had told me, was it somebody or Justin or hidden cabinet or something in their house? And they thought, maybe there's some treasure in there. Um, so I want to really, like I said, we're going to camp out at that scripture and I want us to, I'm going to really kind of take the scripture apart. So if you have the scripture pulled up, we're going to really kind of just dissect it a little. Um, and so it says that king, the, it first says that heaven's kingdom realm. And I even asked Jared, I said, you know, what really is heaven's kingdom rim? And he reminded me that Paul said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I believe that that's a representation of us hiding the treasure, him hiding a treasure again in the field. It represented righteousness, peace, and joy that when we really buy the whole field, that's what we get in return. And it, he says he hid it again. He hid it again. So I want us to kind of picture that. Put yourself. It's funny when I read this, I have no idea why, but I remember as a little girl, I don't even know why really I thought of this picture, but my aunt, they bought this house out in Prairieville um, with tons of land. And I could literally just picture myself in this field, I don't know why there. Maybe the Lord will reveal why He is showing me that. But I just remit, I just put myself in that field. To so put yourself in the in a field, you come across it and you find you're out there and you find a piece of treasure. And it says that He found it and He hid it again. But what the Lord was talking to me and showing me is that a lot of times we find it and we hold on to it and we're not sure. To let go of it again yet not sure are we gonna hide it again are we gonna buy the whole field and I think for a lot of times it's because we don't fully trust and a lot of times we we hold on it's because honestly we don't trust and we love our life too much to really to really buy give him all buy the whole field and in Luke 9 I want to read Luke 9. It's kind of a lot, so just really listen. And I'm going somewhere with this, so just, just hang on. Um, and the title and the passion, I don't know if, if some of you may not even know the passion translation. It's an amazing translation. It was came out, I don't know, seven years ago maybe, and they've, re, they've been um, translating. It's been taking a while, but it's an incredible translation. Um, and in Luke 9, in the Passion, and the, the, the heading at the top said, what it means to follow Jesus. And it says, starting verse 22, it says, Jesus said to all of his followers, if you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life, completely embrace my cross as your own, and surrender to my ways. For if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will discover true life. But if you choose to keep your lives for yourself, you will lose what you try to keep. Even if you gain the whole, all the wealth and power of this world and all the things it could offer, yet lose your soul in the process, what good is that? 
So why then are you ashamed of being my disciple? Are you ashamed of the revelation truth I give to you? I, the Son of Man, will one day return in my radiant brightness with the holy angels and in splendor and majesty of my Father. On that day, I will be ashamed. And it actually says this. On that day, I'll actually be ashamed of everyone who has been ashamed of me. Lord, let us not. Let us not. Let you not be ashamed, Lord, of us, Lord. That we were seeking your face. That we laid it all down for you. And I want to just read verse 23 again. It said, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely. Embrace my cross as your own and surrender to my ways. You know, this was actually in all four Gospels. And I came across, I told Jared as I was reading that today, I said, babe, this is in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, this must have been important. They must have known something that we did not know about laying down their life. And they laid it down. I don't know if some of you have been, you know, no matter the cost too. And some of you, I don't know if you've been watching The, the, um, the Chosen. And it really, I love just watching it because it really kind of brings the word to life and it's it's like jared was saying i thought about this when you actually like when we see something it just comes more for like to me more familiar and you see that these disciples you really do see through these episodes the cost to follow jesus you see peter he has to leave his wife i mean you don't just read it but you see it with your eyes and they lay down everything and we have to, it says to disown our own life completely and to surrender to his ways. And I think for, for, for me, the, what the Lord was really showing, and maybe for someone in the room, is that, you know, we don't want to let it go because we love our life too much. We don't, we don't want to surrender. We don't want to, to lay it all down. We want to hold on to our life as tight as we can. And he's saying, no, you have to you have to disown your life and really it's when you'll find find life and in colossians 3 1 through 2 it says christ's resurrection is your resurrection too this is why we are to yearn for all that is above for that's where christ sits enthroned at the place of all power honor and authority yes feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and you will fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. See, we, we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to our, just, to our fleshly desires. We will never inherit, we'll never inherit the things God has for us, but we will never be able to truly say, I'll buy the whole field. I'll, I'll let this go in my hand and I'll plant it again and I'll dig it. I'll, I'll, I'll bury it again to get all of you. But we have to be willing to, to say, you know what? I, ha I first have to, to lay my life down. I have to, uh, I have to, like you said, we have to die to ourselves. And then that's when we truly receive resurrection power. You know, we live in an upside down kingdom. So, you know, we read about if we die, we really, what, we, we live. 
You know, if we give up, we find. If we give, we give of our resources, our time, we, we reap. So everything is always opposite. And it's hard in the natural realm to think, man, if I give this up, if I give all these desires up, if I get, give up all these things in my life, if I give up time, if I give up, um, you know, whatever it is, it can be, you know, uh, money, it could be uh, success, it could be football, it could be food. I mean, you name it. It's like whatever it is, we hold on so we so we don't have to truly just give it all. And that's what he's been coming after me in my heart. And he's saying, will you truly die to every area of your life? Will you truly um, let me resurrect everything on the inside of you? But it's going to take, it's going to take to dying to your own flesh. And it's an upside down kingdom. And the next part in the scripture said, He sold all he possessed. He sold all he possessed. And Jarrett spoke last week about the cost, how it's it's costly. It's the narrow way. We have a sign in our house, and it, I had it made for Jared for Father's Day or maybe his birthday, but it says the narrow way. And the narrow way, it's very costly. And even, you know, I thought about Mary. She, a year's wages, she, she saved for this oil that she poured out, and it was very costly. I told you we're going to read a lot of scripture, so this, keep hanging on. But Mark 10, 29 thir, uh, through 31, it said, listen to, my, listen to my words, Jesus said. Anyone who leaves his home behind and chooses me over children, parents, family, and possessions, all for the sake of the gospel, it will come back to him a hundred times as much in this lifetime. Homes, family, mothers, Brothers, sisters, children's, children, children, children's. Some of us have many children's. <laughs> Along with persecution. And in the age to come, he will inherit eternal life. Along with persecution. It's costly. We want just, we want all the blessings. You know, we want... You know, if you leave it all, we want, I'm trying to read it, a hundred times. We want the hundred times, right? But along with persecution, I'm not going to lie. I, the Lord has been on a journey with me for the last few years about wanting this, really this perfect life. And I thought if you surrender your life to Jesus, that everything is just, always glorious and you shouldn't go through any trials I was so wrong I was so wrong there's a cost but in the cost he produces a like we saying he produces a new wine and he gets you right where he wants you to be right where he wants you to be. And, you know, that, I thought about this even today, right before I left the house, kind of read over my notes. This scripture that I just wrote you, 
anyone who leaves his home behind chooses mother children. When I was, um, I guess, I don't know, mom, 20 years old, I had moved back in for a little bit. I moved out, I think, right when I was 18 and then moved back in at 20. <laughs> it didn't last too long. And I remember um, I had went to college for a little bit and going after what I thought my dream was, or not dream, but I went, was going for business and had all the plans out for my life. And Lord kept coming after me for to do Bible college. And for a year, I said, no, no, I'm not doing that. He even had this old woman at our church get on the phone with me and like give me this, not really a prophetic word, we didn't really go to a prophetic church, but it was just confirmation what I, that I was supposed to go do this school and I fought the Lord for a year. And that year was terrible, honestly. He pinned me in and I had to do it. I was running from him. And then I remember my parents had been at work and I sought the Lord. I was only 20 years old and I don't have many of these encounters, but it was like Jesus showed up in the, my parents' kitchen. Many. That's the verse that he used, and he told me to leave, leave your family, leave pretty much all your desires, and go and possess what I have called you to do. And I, I'll give you a hundredfold, you know. And I did. And I, you know, I moved into the, the apartment for the school, and I, I just surrendered, you know. And in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, one day, because I did all of this, and I, you know, Bible college, it was an internship. It was not easy. It was very hard, very hard. Didn't get much sleep. They woke you up at 4 in the morning to go run in the church parking lot, and I'm that, that don't do good for me. <laughs> I need to wake up a little. And so at the back of my mind, I've always thought about that moment. And it literally, it was like the Lord showed up in that kitchen and told me. And that was the verse he used. And I've never really shared this with many people. But as I reread this through this for the message, and, you know, as I came across along with persecution. I'm reading that as a 20-year-old girl. I didn't see that. But there's a cost. Now I'll be I'll only be 32 in a couple weeks, maybe next week. I don't know when my, when my birthday is. It's coming up, and I'm young. But I will say, there's been persecution. There's been persecution, and we've all had the persecution. We've all been through the seasons of persecution. We've all been through the pressing. And yes, we want the hundredfold, but it is costly. It is very costly. But he's so worth it. He is so worth it. The scripture on the man who went away sad because he couldn't sell it all. Matthew 19, 21, Jesus said to him, if you really want to be perfect, which what was the word you said? Really whole. Jared says it really means whole. Go now and sell everything you own. Give your money to the poor and your treasure will be transferred into heaven. Then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. When the man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth.
Why couldn't he sell it all? Why couldn't he sell it all? It was his face to face with Jesus. Why couldn't he sell it all? And the Lord told me his wealth satisfied him more than the presence of Jesus. Maybe it's not wealth. But what has satisfied us more than the presence of Jesus? What has satisfied more than seeking his face? And I believe also that he hadn't tasted a degree of the presence of Jesus where he could really say, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm going to give it all, I'm going to sell it all. Until we encounter, like Jared, even Jared was saying, that face-to-face, -face, sometimes it's very hard. See, so many people, they, they walk away from the Lord or they, they go to a church and they don't come back. I believe it's because they've never experienced such a degree of his presence where they can say without a doubt, yes, I'll give it all. I'll sell it all. The next part we see is, it says, upon finding a small piece, he had to have more. And once again, I believe it's because he, so we're back to the story of Matthew. He experienced a degree that he had to have more. See, the, the man who couldn't sell it all and went away sad is because he didn't have a degree. But we go back to the story of Matthew. And I believe he did. He did encounter such a degree. See, I thought me and Jarrett, I thought that I, kind of like I said, I thought I sold it, gave it all when he, when he, you know, asked, asked us, what, four years ago. I thought that I had really given it all and yes by us you know we had moved we I really kind of bragged on this and I'm confessing it you know I we bragged on our you know we left our house it hadn't sold yet and we you know we laid down the ministry and you know we were gonna show up in a we left in a moving truck with all our stuff in the back and we were going and we were believing God for a house um, and just kind of bragged on, and I left it all for him, which can be translated as, I bought the whole field for him. And they'll got there, and the Lord said, oh, I didn't lay down anything. Because when I got there, he showed a lot in my own heart. When I showed up, and I, I, I actually wanted a better house than what I left in Prairieville. I wanted more money than I left. That's not the way the kingdom works. I showed up. I did not have a nice house at all. <laughs> at all. <laughs> we did not have more money. Like Jarrett said last week, we had just enough for today. Today. Just enough for today. And he began a work in my heart. 
I remember calling Mr. Durrell just asking for advice and him, you know, telling me you need to repent of these things in your heart, you know. And I thought that I had laid it all down for him and he said, you've laid down nothing and I'm coming after your heart. paper one day in a service the speaker who had was speaking at one of the services he said is there an unshakable yes in you and I wrote that down on a little piece of torn up paper and I put it in my bible one of one of my books and I came across that little piece of paper a few weeks ago Because he asked me then, is there an unshakable yes in you? Because when I didn't get everything I wanted, when we showed up and I left everything, and there was not an unshakable yes to me. I was very upset. <laughs> it's embarrassing, I'm telling y'all my <laughs> embarrassing stories. What he was really asking me is, will you buy the whole field? And is there an unshakable yes in your heart? And I found that paper a few weeks ago. And he's, he's asked me again, can you say there is unshakable yes in you yet? Is there an unshakable yes in you? And I'm going to be honest. Lord, I still don't know if I'm there. But I want to be there. And I know this group of people, you want to be there. You want to be there. This is a faithful group of people. This is a pure group of people. And I know your heart wants to say, yes, there is an unshakable yes. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it costs, there is an unshakable yes in church. I'm telling you, you better get that unshakable yes in your heart. Because this nation is shaking and it is rattling. And if there is not an unshakable yes in your heart, it's not going to be good. We have to get rooted. It is time to rise up no matter what. No matter what it costs. Is there an unshakable yes in your heart? When you lose your life, you'll find it, like we read. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's message. Make sure to stay connected through following us on Facebook or visiting our website at pouroutministries.com. If you would like to sow into what God is doing through Pour Out Ministries, there will be a link in the description below. We hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Thank you.